Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Emmanuel. I've grown attached to that name of God of late, Emmanuel. God is with us. He is with us in our trials. He's with us in our suffering. He's with us in the low valleys. He's with us on the mountaintops. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The one that never leaves us, that never forsakes us, that he's with us always, even until the end of the world. And we turn to him and look to him each and every day. We seek after God. And what does God seek? What is God looking for today? That's the question that is on my heart because it's an interesting study in the Bible. It reveals God's values, God's priorities, God's heart, what God seeks. God is a seeker. He sought Adam and Eve when they were hiding in the garden after they had sinned. He came looking for them. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. God seeks. He seeks those marginalized, those disenfranchised. He's looking for the bruised, the hurting, the wounded, the broken. God seeks. Do you remember what the religious of Christ's day said about him? That he ate with sinners, that he sought for the lost. Why? It was his mission, of course. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants you saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. But there's something more, something deeper. Why does God want people saved? To avoid hell? Yes. To transform them? Yes. To show them his love? Absolutely, yes. But there's something at the root of it all. And to the Samaritan woman, the woman who had a lot of strikes against her, she was a Samaritan. Years back, her people had turned their backs on God. She was a she. To even speak with a holy man was to suggest something unseemly. She had been married five times. She was living with a man, not her husband. A shame that brought her, perhaps, to the well at the noon hour. Not an ordinary time for a woman to go to the well, but still she went maybe to avoid crowds, the long tongues of the village women gossiping about her. And there she meets the Messiah. And to her of all people, Jesus revealed what he sought. The hour comes and now is here, Jesus said to her, when true worshipers will worship not in one mountain or another, but will worship in spirit and in truth, God seeks true worshipers. He seeks you and me to worship. If the Westminster Confession is accurate, that our purpose for being here is to glorify God and to worship Him and to enjoy His presence forever, then God seeks worshipers. This week on Daily Devotion, we're talking about serving God with all of our heart. And one way we serve Him is through our worship. For some reason, God finds true worship in the darkest of places, that the best diamonds are in the roughest areas. Whether it's from the former slave trader, John Newton, 
who wrote these words, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. What God seeks, he seeks lost people. He seeks worshipers. Think about that a moment. What is a worshiper? A worshiper, too, is a seeker. That's why David said, seek the Lord. Seek his strength. Seek his presence continually. And Paul said in Romans 3, there's none righteous. Why? None seek God. Jeremiah said in the 29th chapter, you will seek me. You will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. The writer of Hebrews describes what pleases God. With faith, you can please God. Without faith, you can't please God. Faith. Faith that causes a person to draw near to God, to seek God. A faith that believes that he rewards those who diligently seek after him. God seeks. God seeks seekers. How do I know if I'm one God seeks? Am I seeking after him? Am I seeking others on his behalf? Do you remember the Lord's parable of the great feast? He gave this parable while seated in the house of a Pharisee. And in the story, Jesus told them that a master had given a great feast and sent invitations to the expected recipients. But those invited began to make excuses. When his servant returned to the master, bearing news of the invitee's excuses, the master grew angry. He could have shut down the banquet, but he did not. Instead, the master commanded the servant to go into the streets of the city and to bring the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And when the servant returned, saying that there was yet room at the table, the master said, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Notice the action verbs here. Go, bring, compel. The servant was to keep going, keep bringing, keep compelling until there was no room at the master's table. God seeks seekers. Seekers, in turn, seek future seekers. The divine invite list must have shocked the Pharisees. Who would voluntarily invite the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind into their homes, such a thought was beyond the fastidious minds of the Pharisees. And then Jesus shocked them all by saying that none who refused the invitation would taste of the master's feast. Jesus suggested to the religiously entrenched that his divinely ordained task was to seek the people no one else wanted. At the opening of his public ministry, Jesus said that he was sent to preach the gospel to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, and to free the bruised. In other words, those invited to the Lord's table were the marginalized by society and beyond the reach of the us for and no more crowd. Can I give you seven qualities of seekers? What is needed of the person who is willing to become a seeker after God and for God? I think the servant in the parable of the feast, as well as the other individuals in Scripture who sought and acted for God, reveal these attributes. Let me give you some of these. Number one, a seeker must have a 
personal relationship with the master. Do you recall when seven brothers tried to imitate the apostle Paul in the way he confronted the forces of darkness? They found a devil-possessed man and cited the name of Jesus and the name of the apostle Paul. Enemy wasn't too impressed with their words. In effect, the enemy said, I know Jesus, I know Paul, I don't know you. You must take the time to build a relationship with the master. Pray, read his word, become like him. A seeker knows the Lord. Second, a seeker must be willing to listen to the Lord's voice. The servant in the parable of the great feast had that quality and could hear what the master was saying. The third quality, a seeker must be prayed up. I get this from Genesis 24 when Eliezer, Abraham's servant, was entrusted to go to Mesopotamia to find a bride for Isaac, Abraham's son. Eliezer got clear instructions from Abraham and obeyed them fully. Just prior to selecting Rebekah as Isaac's bride, Eliezer prayed and asked for God's direction. God rewarded that prayer. Each seeker must go forth weeping. If we're going to be productive in reaching out to others, we need to be prayed up. The fourth quality of a seeker, a seeker must know the Lord's message. Unlike the Pharisees listening to the parable of the great feast, We're not come to judge the world, but to save the world. It's not our job to judge who is worthy or who is unworthy to be saved. We simply give the invitation. Only God knows people's hearts, and we are content to allow God to be God. Our role is to invite as many people as possible into the presence of the Master, irrespective of their background, economic level, language, race, popularity, personal opinions. Fifth and finally, a seeker must be willing to be inconvenienced. Moses, the meekest man who ever lived, saw the fiery bush and turned aside to see it. We must be willing to alter our paths, our schedules, to see what God wants to do through us. In another of Christ's parables, the Good Samaritan was inconvenienced to rescue the fallen man on the side of the road. I believe someone is waiting on you. Someone is waiting to be found. One of my favorite stories is told by Tony Campolo in The Kingdom of Heaven is Like a Party. He told of a time when he traveled from the East Coast to Hawaii to speak at a conference. Time change and travel made it difficult for him to sleep. He found himself at 3 a.m. in a coffee shop in Honolulu. A group of women who had been working the streets entered the shop. Campolo thought this was probably a good time for him to leave, and as he prepared to leave, he heard one of the women named Agnes say that her birthday was tomorrow. The other women mocked and ridiculed her. After all, what did they care if it was her birthday? Campolo got the manager's attention and said, did they come in here every night? He said, yeah. Tony paid to have the manager bake a cake the next night after midnight, He got to the diner and started decorating the place with balloons and banners. Word spread quickly on the streets, and the restaurant was soon packed to capacity with the homeless, the addicts, street people. When Agnes entered, they shouted and sang happy birthday to her. Her knees almost buckled as she had to be helped to a chair. The manager finally said, Agnes, you need to blow out the candles on the cake. She did so and then paused and said, I've never had a birthday party. No one's ever given me a cake. 
could I just keep the cake to look at it for a while? And as the words settled in, the place grew very quiet. And Tony Campolo said, can we join hands and pray? He prayed for Agnes. He prayed for her salvation. He prayed that the love of God would touch her and all of her friends. There wasn't a dry eye in the diner. After he finished praying, the manager leaned over the counter and said, Hey, you never told me you were a preacher. What kind of church do you belong to? Campolo wasn't sure what to say, so he answered, I belong to a church that throws parties for street people at 3.30 in the morning. No, you don't, responded the manager, because if there was a church like that, I'd join it. But there is. There is one. The parable of the great feast tells us that, that God seeks people who will seek for him, that everyone is welcome at his table. Could I tell you that again? God seeks. But what God really seeks are seekers. And if you're a godly person, you will seek him with all of your heart and you will seek others for all of your life. The hour is growing late. What you do, you must do quickly. A phrase has been rolling over in my mind, if not us, who? If we are unwilling to go out into the streets and the highways and byways and compel them to come in, if we are unwilling to seek and to save the lost, if not us, who? Then who will go out and obey the Lord's admonition that his house will be full? Every empty chair, every empty pew in a church is an opportunity for you to become a seeker after God. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.